You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk with your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Hi there. Welcome to the show. This week, we'll be talking about the newest version of Major League Baseball's Perfect Inning app, movie trailers with and without voices, and the new Ken Burns documentary. In the biz, we'll discuss the continuing and strengthening trend from the automotive sector to use primarily male voice talent for voicing television commercials. In Tech Talk, we'll take a closer look at vocal surgery and if it is truly necessary. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. Are you a baseball fan? With pennant races in full force, it only seems timely to announce an update to the Major League Baseball app, Perfect Inning. The app was recently updated to include voiceovers from a seasoned MLB commentator, Joe Buck, a voice that has called 16 World Series and 14 All-Star Games. The renowned sportscaster contributes vocal excitement and gravitas to the updated app, making the game come alive on a whole new level, sure to heighten the experience of any baseball fan. When's the last time you heard a voiceover in a movie trailer? According to the Globe and Mail, studios today are using narrators for movie trailers far less than they used to. The downward trend is mapped out in great detail, showing the decline over the past 20 years. The next time you go to the theater, be sure to listen carefully. The trend right now is to use audio, music, and other content directly from the movie itself instead of crafting new copy and having a narrator read it. Celebrated documentarian Ken Burns' newest release, The Roosevelts, An Intimate History, aired last week on PBS. The voice cast included top-tier talent Meryl Streep, Paul Giamatti, and Edward Herman, who no doubt will keep even those who snoozed during history class glued to this 14-hour documentary. According to Parade, Meryl Streep breathes life into her character and the personal letters of Eleanor Roosevelt with great authenticity. Ken Burns applauded Streep for completely transforming herself into Eleanor Roosevelt simply through her voice, stating, It was remarkable to witness. The entire cast delivers what I consider to be some of the finest voiceover work we've ever been fortunate enough to present. To hear more about these stories, go to the Vox Talk Facebook page. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. In this week's business news, I wanted to focus on the automotive sector. Yes, I am a bit of a car geek. Yes, I watch car commercials with great interest, probably too much. I've noticed a bit of a trend lately. The industry, they use top-tier Hollywood talent to voice their commercials. The latest news here is Hyundai America has chosen to replace Jeff Bridges, the guy from Tron, with uh, Paul Rudd, who, of course, is famous. He was in Clueless. He was an anchorman, uh, pretty famous Hollywood actor. Hyundai wants to go in a different direction. Direction. They want his, his voice to be more recognizable and really to show a trend. Different car manufacturers are using even bigger names to hawk their wares. No, you're absolutely right, Carmi. And I certainly don't watch as many car commercials as, as maybe I should, given this conversation. Uh, but the, I guess the priority that is given to the voice and the caliber of the talent that is brought in is of no surprise. Like, to see Paul Rudd in this role really isn't surprising. They want to have a Hollywood sound, recognizable voice. Uh, there is a bit of a currency that goes with having a voice that people know. Whether or not someone actually knows who it is is secondary to the fact that that voice actually holds some real 
estate in their mind. That's right, because the car industry really is all about trust. You know, when you're buying a vehicle, it's the second largest investment you're ever going to make in your life. So you've got to trust that company. They have to have a certain amount of gravity. And so the voice that sells that car has to have that gravity as well. And whether you recognize them or not, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, ah, maybe I should be going to the showroom to see this vehicle if the voice imparts that sense, that that fundamental sense of trust. Mm -hmm. So when would you say uh, maybe the first really prominent male celebrity doing a car commercial uh, came about and and who was that? Now I'm going to date myself here Stephanie because this goes way back to my childhood and and, and Burgess Meredith who everyone remembers from Rocky he was the he was the coach he was the trainer Um, and he is well he was the first major Hollywood star to voice for an automotive company he he did Honda commercials the Civic the CRX the CRX SI and he brought a certain let's call it verve to the role he injected his character into it did nothing to hide his voice you knew full well if you were at all familiar with his his work you knew exactly what he was doing and instantly it vaulted honda which at the time really was perceived as kind of one of the new kids on the block one of those one of the japanese imports didn't really feel like a serious competitor to the established detroit north american brands all of a sudden they were mainstream because they had this big actor voicing for them from that point on that whenever anybody wanted a voice uh, to sell a car they went straight to Hollywood. Someone I can think of right now, in fact, is Kiefer Sutherland, and yet another Hollywood male voice that people could resonate with, and I believe he did some work for Ford, and also uh, Will Arnett had done some car work, and, and Val, mm. well, Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. This is, I know it kind of a little tie-in for the kit car here, but uh, as some of you may remember, there was a really neat story about um, how Val Kilmer actually replaced Will Arnett as Kit in the uh, Knight Rider program that had come out a number of years ago on television. That's right. And in, in, in many cases, the same actor will do voice work for multiple clients. And in some cases, if you're voicing for GM, you can't also voice for a project that mm-hmm. features a Ford vehicle, which is what happened with Mr. Arnett and Mr. Kilmer. Uh, even today, John Cusack taking over from Tim Allen to sell Chevrolet trucks. Uh, John Hamm, Mad Men, sells Mercedes Benz, which I guess wasn't such a big deal in the early 60s, but it is now. Uh, and Kevin Spacey did Honda for a number of years as well. Um, almost invisible. Nobody knew it was him unless you listened really carefully to the voice and then you realized, wow, he's the real deal. And just to get back to uh, our points about Will Arnett and Val Kilmer, it's a great example of how just because you think the work is done and it's in the can and the project is complete doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't going to get pulled back into the studio again, doesn't mean that the work isn't going to get redone. Uh, We just wrote an article on VoiceOver Times about how Pixar's movie, upcoming movie, The Good Dinosaur, uh, in fact, is being revoiced as we speak simply because Pixar decided to go in an entirely different direction. Great lesson here for the voiceover community, great lesson for industry, right? Commercials get revoiced and restructured all the time. It happens in automotive, it happens in animation, it happens to all of us. Exactly. I mean, we have seen it just recently even, as you referred to, and you just never know if it's going to be the final cut or so on. And you don't know, and at any given moment, a voice could be replaced, a brand Mm -hmm. could go in a different direction, or maybe they want to reach a different demographic Mm -hmm. and therefore they change where they're going. And you as talent, the more you know about who you're voicing for, the industry they're in, the context of their business, the better prepared you can be to roll with the punches if the project does sort of take a different turn, turns 90 degrees, and suddenly you've got to go along with it. Study who you're voicing for. Be prepared for these changes.
Well, that's great, Carmi. But if someone wanted maybe a little more instruction on, on how they could do their research, what would you recommend? Well, I call it due diligence. And so the first thing I do is obviously look up the client that you're working for. So read their wiki entry, go to their corporate website, read the About Us and the FAQs, and then go to YouTube and do some deep digging there because clearly many of their commercials have already been aired and they're available there for viewing. So get a look at their production values, understand what voice talent they might have used previously, just get a sense of their overall media marketing culture, and then you'll know what to expect when you are in front of the mic. And that's great advice. Thanks, Stephanie. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. And now for a subject near and dear to my heart, and that would be the human voice, and, and more specifically the instrument that we all have and frankly need to take care of it and to know when it's telling us something. And just recently, a, a few weeks ago, um, Joan Rivers has passed away, and it was due to complications from a, th a throat surgery that she had. Um, you know, uh, something that obviously no one foresaw, but still all the same, it, it brings up this topic of whether or not having surgery uh, is necessary when it comes to having uh, your voice uh, rehabilitated or, or any issues that might be there. So Carmi, I know you wrote about this and um, just want to ask you a couple questions about it mm -hmm. and, and hopefully we can just explore this topic for mm -hmm. those people who might be considering having surgery and perhaps what their options are. Well, you know, we dug into this obviously in the wake of Miss Rivers' passing, and uh, the investigation is still ongoing. We don't quite know sort of what, why or what happened, but we do know that there's a correlation between surgery and uh, you know, undesirable outcomes. And in this case, it really has touched off a debate over uh, is every vocal surgery necessary? And some studies suggest that it, that is not the case, that many individuals who are going in for surgery, in fact, could benefit from non surgical alternatives. We spoke to Dr. H. Stephen Sims, director of the Chicago Institute. Institute for Voice Care, uh, you know, who told us that essentially you should be speaking with your practitioner, partnering with your practitioner to understand what those alternatives are before you select surgery. In some cases, it is necessary, but not in all. And if this unfortunate tragedy prompts a greater engagement with your surgeon, uh, then obviously that'll be a good thing. It might prevent some people from unnecessarily going under the knife. Mm -hmm. and another good example of maybe someone who could have been spared um, kind of just a negative surgical outcome because of having this surgery uh, was was certainly everyone knows her as Mary Poppins and any other number of roles, but Julie Andrews um, did undergo some surgery and it was to, I believe, remove some vocal nodes. Mm -hmm. And um, the outcome of that, of course, was, was not desirable. It, it was something that actually kind of made her voice and her range quite truncated. It's not nearly the same as it was before. She can't sing in the same way that she could before. And um, her upper range really is, is not at all, you know, usable. So um, I know that you have heard of some therapies or at least some alternatives. So, so what is being suggested to people as, as ways that they can maybe be rehabilitated to get their voice back but not have to go under that knife? Well, you know, first of all, every case is going to be different. So there is no one size fits all. But, you know, if you are uh, experiencing some kind of compromise in your vo vocal performance, which anyone who works in voice, I've worked in media and have sort of been in studios 24-7 and know what that's like, you need to perform. But if your voice isn't up to it, first 
first thing you need to do is recognize that it is a, a living, breathing thing, and uh, if, if you push it, you will cause it damage. So that's one, is know your limits and know how to work within them. Um, know how to give yourself a break. Know how to sort of take those breaks back away from the mic when you can, um, and work with a professional to help understand how you can maintain your professional level of activity without necessarily walking away from it and without damaging your voice. And also take care of yourself. Hydrate yourself. Uh, drink teas. Uh, give yourself the opportunity to rest. Um, and and you know obviously look for that assistance. Don't just try to push through because at some point you are going to go over the edge and you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that if anyone is interested in learning more, of course, there is an article on voiceover times that digs into this more deeply. Uh, it's called Joan Rivers Aftermath Can Surgery Be Avoided? Um, certainly, we would all hope and pray that you would consider this option as uh, something that is absolutely the worst case scenario. You would not go into surgery uh, unless you absolutely needed it. Um, and, you know, it's really 15 to 20 percent of cases where you would need to have this kind of surgery. And of course, that would be under the direction of a doctor, not just maybe in a clinic somewhere, but like an actual ENT, someone who can advise you and let you know, um, is this necessary? Should you be mm-hmm. going under anesthesia when you're over a certain age? Like all the these little things are very important for you to be looking out for. But I just do want to give a plug for my my friend Steve here. And I, I know you mentioned him, um, Chicago Institute for Voice Care. Um, if you would like to visit Steve's website, it is chicagovoicedoc.com. And if you have any follow-up questions that perhaps he or anyone um, in his staff or, or maybe even your own ENT, Steve is an otolaryngologist, but if you have any questions at all about this very important topic, please reach out to a professional. Do not just read about things. Don't Google symptoms and think, oh my goodness, I have this because we all know that Google has a lot of answers and, and depending on what your question is, it will give you an answer for anything. Um, so especially when it comes to your health, you just want to make sure that you're being seen by somebody and and that you can uh, avoid anything that might compromise the use of your voice. Mm-hmm. They call it the WebMD effect and certainly the internet, internet is a great resource for learning and self-educating but at some point, especially with complex medical issues, uh, nothing can take the place of a practitioner and also if, if it's a conversation you're having with your family doctor, recognize that they can only go so far in terms of diagnosing and treating vocal related issues and this is a clear case where you should be getting a referral to an an ENT or another specialist in the field. This is what they do. This is what they specialize in. Voxbox, sharing your audio feedback. Last week, we asked you about how you keep yourself healthy, and many of you have written in and certainly told us about all these wonderful things that you're doing, and we applaud you for that. For next week, the question is, what kind of microphone are you using? Be sure to send your responses. Of course, that MP3 needs to be recorded with your response and sent to media at voices.com. Thank you again for joining us. Be sure to continue the conversation on Facebook. Tell your friends. Get them listening to Vox Talk. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. We'll see you next week.